This is Carlin Borisenko, and you are listening to the Actively Unwoke podcast. If you're ready to get in the game and make tangible progress to beating back the cultural revolution that we are all experiencing right now in this country, I hope you will head over to activelyunwoke.com and pick up a copy of my book, Actively Unwoke, the ultimate guide for fighting back against the woke insanity in your life. It is available in hardcover, in Kindle, and even on Audible as an audio version that I read myself. It is filled with practical, actionable advice about how to fight back against the woke insanity. So I hope you'll pick up your copy and join us as we do our best to contribute to creating the world we want, not one that is filled with unhinged lunatics. And today I want to talk about some of the principles in the book that I used to do just that last week. I got permanently banned on Twitter for committing the crime of reporting a school district in New Hampshire for breaking the state's anti-CRT laws. And Twitter banned me because they said I posted private information. I didn't post private information. I posted government employee email addresses. They are literally .gov email addresses. They are not private information. They are public information. And Twitter banned me for it. But I think that the real story here is not actually my permanent Twitter ban over posting government email addresses. The real story here is that I caught the Exeter Region Cooperative School District right in the act, red-handed. There is no getting around this. They are absolutely banned. They are absolutely breaking the state's anti-CRT laws. And I figured this out simply by looking at content on their website. This is part of the Schools Exposed Project, which is a crowdsourced journalism project on taxpayer-funded indoctrination. And basically what we're doing is I have a group of volunteers. They're called the Unwoke Army. You're welcome to join the Unwoke Army. I'm actually giving a webinar about it on Wednesday, August 24th at 8 p.m. Eastern time. You can sign up for it for free at unwokearmy.com. If you happen to be listening to this afterwards, head over to unwokearmy.com and I will have the webinar available on demand so you can watch it completely for free and get caught up on everything that you may have missed. But one of the core projects of the Unwoke Army is we look at schools' websites and we examine what they're teaching based on what they're posting publicly. And that's it. And sometimes we have to do FOIA requests and things like that as well. But really, you can find out a lot of information just by looking at what is publicly available on school websites. And that is exactly what I did. And that's how I caught a school district in New Hampshire red-handed in the act of breaking the state's anti-CRT bill. I reported them to the state last week, and I want to share with you how I did it. So I will be reading from my article about this, which you can find at carlin, K-A-R-L-Y-N dot substack dot com. And you can see all the evidence. You can see all the documents. I have it all available so that you can look at it and decide for yourself. I do everything transparently. I always give you guys the receipts so that you can look at the information and then decide for yourself what you think. Leave me a comment and uh, let me know if you happen to venture over that way. Let's read. Part of our educational mission is to awaken our students' awareness of their power and privilege so that they may view the world through a lens of equity and help eliminate unjust systems and practices. And in that simple sentence, one taken from a document called Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion and Justice at SAU 16, the Exeter Union Cooperative School District landed itself in open violation of New Hampshire's HB2, otherwise known as the Divisive Concepts Bill or the Anti-CRT Law. That's not the only thing that may land them in trouble, and they're doing it completely publicly, where everyone can see it if they just take the time to look. Let me explain. 
In the Exeter Regional Cooperative School District, their equity office is called Diversity, Equity, Inclusion, and Justice, or DEIJ for short. So I went to their website and searched for DEIJ. Here's what came up. Right in the middle was an About DEIJ and SAU 16 page. And SAU 16, by the way, is the Exeter Region Cooperative School District. They, they use those terms interchangeably. If you're confused about why I'm going back and forth between the two, SAU 16 is the school district. So this document was perfect. I clicked on the link and ended up looking at their document, which was a mission statement of sorts. And again, you can see all of this at carlin.substack.com. In that document, there was one specific sentence. It said, part of our educational mission is to awaken our students' awareness of their power and privilege so that they may view the world through a lens of equity and help eliminate unjust systems and practices. This is why it's important to read all these boring documents, folks. Because right in the middle of all of these boring documents that I know you, you're busy and I know you don't have time to read them, but when you do actually read them, they tell you what they're doing right out in the open. Here's the problem with that sentence. On June 15, 2021, New Hampshire's Divisive Concept Bill was signed into law as part of HB2. It is not a perfect bill by any means. Governor Chris Sununu and his cronies watered it down before he signed it, which makes it less effective. However, it did include the following language. And this is a prohibited concept that schools may not teach in school. That an individual, by virtue of his or her age, sex, gender identity, sexual orientation, race, creed, color, marital status, any immutable characteristic, there's a whole list of them. You cannot teach that an individual is inherently racist, sexist, or oppressive by virtue of his or her immutable characteristics, whether consciously or unconsciously. That is literally in the bill. The law specifically and unequivocally says that the government cannot teach that individuals are inherently racist, sexist, and oppressive, whether consciously or unconsciously. If that mission that we read earlier is still the mission of the Diversity, Equity, Inclusion, and Justice Office at SAU 16 today, and there's no reason to believe it's not because it's still on their website, then the Exeter Region Cooperative School District is an open and flagrant violation of the law for this reason. You cannot teach students awareness of their power and privilege without also teaching them that some people are inherently oppressive and some people are inherently oppressed. If some people have power and privilege, that means that other people do not have power and privilege. Power and privilege are oppressive and people without power and privilege are oppressed. That is inherent to the argument of power and privilege. That means you cannot teach this as a part of a high school curriculum in the state of New Hampshire without violating the law. It is not possible. So either this is the true and current mission of the DEIJ program at SAU 16 and they're breaking the law or it is not their current mission and they are in compliance. But if it's not their current mission, then what replaced it? And why is this one still on their website? This alone is enough to prove they're breaking the law. But there's more weird stuff. Let's meet the racial unity team. In researching something else that was going on at Exeter High School, I came across something called the racial unity team. I found an event listed on Facebook for racial unity team New Hampshire, which I had seen mentioned on the SAU 16 website. They were holding an event almost two weeks after the divisive concept bill was signed into law and said they had received a $7,500 grant. I want to take a quick pause from the article and just mention that the only reason that I recognized that Racial Unity Team was involved at Exeter High School is I had seen mention of them on the Diversity website. 
So when schools are bringing in community partners, oftentimes they will have, and community partner just means an organization outside of the school, whether that's a nonprofit or, an, or a, a contractor or something like that. They're not directly involved in the school district. They're being brought in as an outsider, but they put these people all over their websites. And the problem comes when these people start to be integrated into curriculum at the school, which is oftentimes the thing that they end up influencing. So you've got to pay close attention for who are the outside contractors that schools might be working with? And they're usually going to have that information on their websites. And if you can look at a combination of what is on the school website and what is on the, the contractor, or they often call them community partners, then you're going to be able to ascertain what is actually making its way into the classroom. So this team called the Racial Unity Team essentially got a, got a state grant in order to be able to go into schools like Exeter High School and teach, which, by the way, means the state of New Hampshire might be funding a program that's actually breaking New Hampshire state law in the schools. So that's another problem to deal with. But I recognize this because the racial unity team was all over the DEIJ website on the SAU 16 district website. They had done a video in which students performed songs and read essays about racial justice. Again, note that this video was posted on July 16, 2021, one month after the Divisive Concepts Bill was signed and seems to have been taken from a live stream. And you can watch the video. I have links to the video on the website. On, on Excuse me. I have links to video on carlin.substack.com. I also have some clips that we're going to talk about. I'm just going to read quotes from those clips. I'm not going to edit the clips in here. But if you do want to watch the full clips, you are more than welcome to do it. They are available at carlin.substack.com in the article that I'm referencing. In that video were a few weird things. There was this one clip of one of the co-founders of Racial Unity Team, Sylvia Foster, talking about getting funded by the state, how she came to work with Exeter High School after she was brought in by the ELO coordinator, Adam. We're going to talk more about Adam in a second. But there were passionate teachers who would share their curriculum on justice. I found myself asking, why do teachers have a curriculum on justice? And by the way, she's talking about English teachers. When she's talking about the passionate teachers who would share their curriculum on justice at Exeter High School, she is talking about English teachers. And I'm going to prove that. She went on to say, we became part of the DNA of the classroom. So like I said, Exeter High School is working with this community partner that, according to the community partner, became part of the DNA of the classroom. That means they're influencing the curriculum. Now, I've seen enough videos like this to know exactly what it means when a group called Racial Unity Team becomes part of the DNA of the classroom. And sure enough, I found what I knew I would. Later in this video, I found a student discussing a project she did in conjunction with the Racial Unity Team called Bookshelf Diversity that they even brag about on their website. What this student did was she essentially did a project and the student didn't do anything wrong. We are not, we do not ridicule students. They are victims of this as much as anything else. The student didn't do anything wrong, but she did this project to try to encourage teachers to diversify their bookshelves. Okay, there's nothing wrong with having a diverse set of books. That's not the point that I'm making. But in that video, the student says, if we can think about our identity as well, we can check our privilege. And maybe think about some of the ways we've been unfairly treated based on things we can't change. Again, that student did nothing wrong. They are repeating the things that adults have told them to say. But it is very clear that they have been taught about power and privilege 
because there would be no need for her to say, check your privilege if someone hadn't taught her that. And in another clip later in the video, a student says, racism is a belief ingrained in the systems and minds of white Americans. Again, teaching that anyone is inherently racist based on their skin color violates New Hampshire state law. If she didn't learn this in school, where did she learn it? But one of my favorite things about the racial unity team is that they worked with Exeter High School to make To Kill a Mockingbird a little less racist. I'm not kidding. Um, they actually have a case study about it on their website. But that's not the only th odd thing that the racial unity team uh, did with Exeter High School. They also worked with ELO coordinator Adam, that guy we mentioned earlier that Sylvia from the racial unity team was talking about in that clip. And she also worked with English teachers Dennis and Christina to disrupt the way they teach to kill a mockingbird because the normal way was just deemed a little too racist. And this is a quote from a document that I actually found on the school district's website talking about how they revamped to kill a mockingbird, refocusing with a justice and equity lens. This year, one of the goals when reading Mockingbird is to critically examine why Harper Lee focuses on certain characters and round out those stories that are not told. This move to look at the novel through the lens of underrepresented characters in the book has served as an entry point into critical conversations about race and equity. There's actually a case study about this on the Racial Unity Team's website where they go into much greater detail about all of this. They say, here are some quotes, here are some quotes from the Racial Unity Team case study. Three teachers have collaborated to reset their lens and ask the tough questions about how and what they teach with DEIJ in mind. Dennis and Christina, both English teachers, have been working with Mockingbird for 10 years at Exeter High School. But despite their best efforts, they cannot find a way they felt cast the discussion about issues of race and equity in a way they worked well. Just think about that for a second. They're literally saying that veteran English teachers who have been teaching to kill a mockingbird in the classroom for over a decade just don't know how to teach to kill a mockingbird without, without it being racist. Do these sound like people you want teaching your kids? Instead of studying the book, they appeared to make it a character study into Atticus Finch as a white man and a lesson for students for and a lesson for students in how they can be activists. Now, I'm going to read you how they updated the curriculum or at least some of the questions that they asked, but I want to make a note. There's no problem with teaching about the black experience in, in America. That's not what my issue is. My issue is when they use curriculum to try to make students progressive activists. So we're going to read about their approach to teaching Mockingbird. Their approach became a study to study Atticus Finch's worldview by asking students questions such as these. Have we realized Atticus Finch's vision for justice in the United States? If so, how? If not, what changes can we make to get there? Okay, those three questions, nothing wrong with those three questions. But listen to the last two questions they ask in the curriculum. What change do you want to see in the world and how can you affect that change? They essentially transitioned from teaching to kill a mockingbird as a classical literary text to using it as a jumping off point to teach children how to be activists. That's what they changed. And once they did that, the students did an art project about what it's like to be black in America with the goal of creating art for social change. Again, nothing wrong with doing an art project about what it's like to be black in America. Nothing wrong with that. That does not break New Hampshire state law in any way. 
And actually, teaching kids to be activists doesn't break New Hampshire state law in any way either. I just think it's grossly unethical for teachers to be inserting their political opinions into the classroom, which is what is happening when you are teaching children to be activists. But in this art project, according to the case study on Racial Unity Project's website, the final component of the student work is with the help of mentor artists to turn their research for social change into art for social change. They did a project to teach students to be activists. The teachers concluded that their work on revamping How to Kill a Mockingbird is Taught achieved a level of justice that Atticus Fitch could not have aspired to. This is probably one of my favorite quotes in the entire case study. Because they literally say that they are more justice-oriented than one of the great like, like civil rights icons of books like this, Atticus Fitch. They literally say this. Let me read from the case study. This was, these were quotes that the teachers gave them. So th this is a quote from Christina, one of the English teachers they worked with. Students have just as much power to criticize, challenge, and change their world, our shared world, as everyone else involved in education. That's equity and inclusion at work. It's a vision for justice Atticus couldn't attain. But lifting up voices, ensuring people from all backgrounds and experience are welcome and their stories are heard, that is a vision for justice that all teachers can champion. And it's all very incestuous, too. So one of the things you need to pay attention to when you're investigating schools is you need to pay attention to the people. That's where you're going to get the most information. You have to pay attention to the players involved because you're going to see the same players show up over and over and over and over again. So one of the things that I discovered when I was doing this research was that Adam, Dennis, and Christina, those two English teachers and the ELO coordinator that we've already talked about, were actually listed on Racial Unity Team's website as quote-unquote members they're listed on the leadership team website as members. I don't know exactly what it means to be a member of the leadership team of Racial Unity Project, or are they members of Racial Unity Project without being on the leadership team? That's unclear. But what is very clear is teachers in this school district that are integrating this group's curriculum into their classroom are also working with that group. It's a conflict of interest. They're working directly in the, with the group, and then they're also working on getting the group to come into the classroom and change their curriculum. It is a conflict of interest, but it's not just the teachers. I also found that the superintendent of the Exeter Region Cooperative School District is on the board of directors of Racial Unity Team. David Ryan, who is the superintendent of this school district, is literally listed on their website on the board of directors. So there is an absolute conflict of interest involved when the superintendent of the schools that are bringing this group in to work in the schools and change the curriculum in the schools, he's also on the board of directors of that organization. Does the Racial Unity team and their members working for the Exeter Region Cooperative School District know they're breaking the law? Yes, they do. And we know that because we have a public statement on their website denouncing the divisive concept bill and saying they will lobby in favor of its repeal. So this is a statement, a portion of a statement, a very long statement, actually, that the Racial Unity team has on their homepage. If you go to their homepage, there's a link at the top that says public statement. And again, this is why you need to click on all the links, because a link that says public statement doesn't say what the content of that public statement is. You actually have to click into it and read it. And that's how I found this. And the, it, it, the statement ends with, 
What HB2 does prohibit is the teaching that any individual or group of individuals that is inherently superior or inferior to group to people of other groups. While this is not taught in public schools, the prohibitions in HB2 alongside the inaccurate narrative perpetuated by those who wish to delegitimize the public schools have led to fear and confusion among educators about how and what they may teach while encouraging complaints against them that jeopardize their licenses and careers. The racial unity team expressly denounces the actions of those, including those at the state level, which have created an atmosphere of fear, intimidation amongst educators. In turn, teachers are responding by removing from their classrooms concepts and conversations that shed light on harmful historical policies and practices that th this atmosphere creates a barrier to providing students with a school experience that reflects DEIJ principles, as well as a full education for protected classes of people. We support efforts to reverse these legislative actions. And they also noted in their statement that we're not breaking the law. We're not breaking the law with what we're, what we're teaching. Well, when they said that they weren't breaking the law, they didn't actually note the correct part of the law that they're breaking. They claim they're not breaking the law, but the problem is that they didn't read the whole law. They just cherry-picked one of the components of it that they are not breaking while ignoring the clear component of the law that they are breaking. You cannot teach what the racial unity team and the Exeter School District are teaching students without breaking the part of the law that says that you cannot teach that an individual by virtue of his or her immutable characteristics is racist, sexist, oppressive, whether consciously or unconsciously. It is not possible. The state of New Hampshire must investigate if these practices and partnerships are still in place today. Superintendent David Ryan has some explaining to do, particularly since he's on the board of directors of the group operating within his school district that seems to be in open violation of New Hampshire state law. And that's the end of the article. But what I really wanted to do, and I really do hope you guys head over to carlin.substack.com and read my article, The Exeter Region Cooperative School District is Openly Violating New Hampshire's Anti-CRT Law. The State of the State Department of Education should investigate. It is on the homepage. I'm pretty sure it's on the homepage. You'll be able to find it and search for it just in case it isn't. But go and look at the materials and really think about the point is not just what is going on. The point here is not to just to report that this one school district is breaking the law. What I want you guys to do is use this information to learn how to look into your own school district. That's what needs to happen because all of the information I used to do this was publicly available. This took six to eight hours of work to put all this together. So not an insignificant amount of time of work, but manageable, absolutely manageable. And quite frankly, if any parent in Exeter had done this a year ago, they would have found all the same information I did. And they could have been able to report them to the state a whole lot earlier. This was all publicly available. I didn't need to request information. I just needed to look at the website, look at the players involved, and piece a bunch of disparate documents together to see how it all fit and what it all meant. In order to do this stuff, you have to read a lot of boring materials. But I promise you, it is worth it when you are able to find the information that allows you to nail these people to the wall for using our taxpayer dollars to teach children how to be racist. So check out the article. If you appreciate my work in this area, I hope you will consider supporting it. You can find different ways to support my work at activelyunwoke.com support. That includes, by the way, sponsoring podcasts just like this. This podcast just hit 40,000 
listens. I'm really excited about that. I've only hot launched 15 episodes and I barely promoted it, to be honest with you. So 40,000 listens after 15 episodes is amazing. I'm really happy. I hope you guys are enjoying it. Please feel free to leave a positive review, especially on Apple Podcasts. If you are, that would really, really help me out. And if you would like to support the work I'm doing, including getting sponsorship on this podcast or for my my other videos and other things that I'm doing, there are lots of options available at activelyunwoke.com slash support. And I can't do this without you guys. I reinvest a lot of the things that people donate back into this, whether that be with infrastructure or or funding things that need to be funded. And of course, like a lot of this stuff takes a lot of my time. Like I said, this took six to eight hours of my time. And that's really my most valuable commodity of all. So if you appreciate me spending time doing this and engaging in work in this area, I hope you'll consider a financial gift of support. We can find a win-win scenario where you get some perks and we get the financial resources to be able to keep going. I greatly appreciate the help, guys. That's all I have for this episode, and we'll see you soon.